0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have hit songwriter Brock Berryhill. You're going to hear Brock's story of growing up in Florida and what first got him into music. You'll also hear about his time touring Europe with his band Hand to Hand, working with 21 Pilots, and the stories behind writing hit songs such as What Happens in a Small Town with Brantley Gilbert and Homesick for Kane Brown. I had a great time talking to Brock. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. And we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. Try not to be bitter. You gotta do it either way. Keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. So when life doors are jab, you gotta duck out of the way. Ooh. How you doing today, Brock? Good brother, how are you doing I'm doing good. So, getting right into your story, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like?
1: I grew up in a town called uh, Winter Springs, Florida, um and yeah, I was I was just always into music since I was about 12 years old, started playing guitar, started playing drums, and um was in, you know, band all through high school, marching band, and just was always honestly got into like classic rock as a kid.
0: Yeah. Who are some of the first bands you remember listening to and kind of resonating with their sound? I mean, my
1: I mean, again, being a big classic rock like uh family, I mean anything from like, you know, Queen to Led Zeppelin and kind of as I my dad was also a big fan of like, you know, Hank Williams and Garth and I mean just any any of the outlaw old school country and uh I was honestly always a metalhead, so I was always like into Metallica and Deftones and and incubus pretty much just any any music that
0: had like kind of high emotion or angst honestly for sure now did you grow up in a musical family at all or is music something that kind of you came to yourself
1: uh i mean <clears throat> excuse me that was probably the most uh i mean my mom saying but uh my it's interesting because my cousin's actually one of the founding members of shenandoah um mm-hmm. which is which I, but i never met him until i moved to nashville or, or got connected with him but in my in my like immediate family i'm I'm the only mus- musical person
0: now what age did you uh, pick up your first instrument
1: <clears throat> about 12 13 and uh was it guitar yeah my dad had an old hondo guitar and uh I started playing that eventually got like a old school uh squ- Squire Strat and uh then I started playing drums about a year later and just kind of kept picking up instruments from there
0: Now, being a metalhead, did you kind of start forming bands with some buddies in high school playing out? Uh, What did that look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was the whole, you know, we practiced in my bedroom and garage and I played in bands. I mean, pretty much from from 13 to 23 until I got into production pretty much full time and writing.
0: Uh, What's your favorite band name from that high school era of uh, metal bands? Do you remember any of them?
1: uh the the one the the most metal one would have been mind scar which we were kind of like a death metal band honestly
0: (laughs) now were you writing original material for this band are you guys doing covers
1: yeah it was it was
0: all original stuff so did you start writing pretty much right when you picked up your guitar or when did you kind of start writing songs yeah i
1: think i mean you start writing riffs and stuff when you just play guitar but i mean like writing probably really
0: kicked in for me around like 15 16 songs wise gotcha Now, uh, senior year of high school, kind of what's your thought process like? Are you thinking about going to college? You wanted to jump into music full time to pursue it? What'd that look like?
1: I mean, high school was, again, I was in choir and jazz band and all that stuff. And I couldn't get enough music personally. So I was, um, I was in a band and then I started another band called hand to hand, which ended up getting a record deal and ended up touring Europe and all that stuff. And, uh, and so basically I got out of high school and just literally skipped college and went to touring. So
0: Heck yeah. What do you remember about those early days on the road? Uh, anything you learned specifically?
1: Yeah, I mean the main thing was like, I mean I was 19 and our first tour was like 45 days in Europe. I had never been on tour before, so that was a total eye opener to never having been on tour. Um so we're in a sprinter, you know, van and with a trailer and 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 I was just like, man, this is cool. But it was never for as a songwriter and producer, it was never enough music for me back then because you couldn't like really
0: record on the road. You could only write on like a, a guitar, right? So, is it coming out of that band that you make the decision to move to Nashville? Uh, kind of, what's that process like? So
1: from there, I, I did that. I ended up working. Um, so I to- I worked with that band from seventeen till probably my early twenties. And, uh, I started working with a producer who produced our last record, James Paul Wisner, who had worked with Dash- the original dashboard, confessional under oath, um, and, and a whole slew of amazing artists. So I was working with him as an engineer and I started my own studio in 2007. And so I pretty much spent 10 years down in Orlando producing at, at that, in that little run where we worked with like 21 pilots, Um uh, A Rocket to the Moon, Matt Hires, Versa Emerge, a lot of a lot of singer songwriters slash rock bands, you know, indie rock bands. And during that time, about 12 years ago, I started coming to Nashville
0: uh, back and forth like every other month for a week. That's awesome. What is that? uh, uh, Do you have any memories working with 21 Pilots? I feel like they have to have such a cool, like creative process in the studio.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those things where, you know, they had a song that they needed to do for a deluxe and, uh, they were on tour and they came in and, and sweetest guys ever. I mean, obviously crazy talented, both of them. Um, but it, it they you know, t- their process is so cool where, you know, he makes most of that stuff himself and kind of like transferring it over to like, I can't remember what program he used and, and then letting us be creative to kind of expand on his ideas and, um, Man, but it it was it was really cool
0: watching how they work because it's so it's so different than how normal bands would work. For sure. Now, you first make it to Nashville. Are you still making more pop rock kind of music or do you fall into country right when you get to town?
1: No, I mean, when I came to Nashville, I pretty much had decided that I was going to, you know, be kind of like 80, 20, like 80 percent country and kind of chase down what you know what what i was kind of chasing after here was kind of being you know rock was you know still was still i know it's rocky again right now but but 10 years ago it was still like you had fgl and keith urban and it was still rocky so i kind of felt like i fit in here more than like
0: la or nashville or i'm sorry la or new york cuz i was also riding in those cities as well for sure now what did those first kind of months look like networking for you like moving to nashville kind of meeting your core group of first people to write with
1: so the two years prior, I had a core group of writers, um, that I was writing with that would write with me. Um, and honestly, at that point, basic more off the, of my, um, production stuff, um, than anything. Uh, so I kind of like basically was working with them. And when so when I was coming to town every other month, I could, um, you know, I would have someone to write with and, you know, and they could kind of expand my circle a little bit just to kind of get a feel for the town and make sure it was the right thing too.
0: For sure. Who would you say are like people that uh, would be in your class, people that moved to town around the same time that you feel like you guys kind of came up around the same time?
1: Um, I mean, trying to think like, I mean, I was a lot of the guys that I, I, that I first met, had we're already a little bit more established, and uh, which was really cool, um, you know, Josh Dunn, who was one of my first friends in town, we ended up writing um, "What Happens in a Small Town" together, which was um, his first hit and my my second hit. So that was pretty cool having like an OG, you know, writer buddy that I that I worked
0: with, having a hit with him was really special, for sure. That's one of my favorites that you've written. Uh, What's the story behind that? Take me through the day, uh, kind of the writing process of that one.
1: So that one, um, we were, I had just, I had been working with Brantley Gilbert um, through my manager, Alicia Pruitt. And, um, well, she's my manager now. She wasn't back then. She worked at Warner Chapel back then. And I started sending tracks to him in Georgia. He started writing to, with them. And so we built this friendship and, whatnot and he was going on the road and he had called me and was like hey um i need to come put a vocal on this song and so he comes he comes over i'm already on my way home he comes over puts the vocal on the song and uh he's like yeah i'm go- going out on the road this weekend with with red red Akins and to write try to write a single and i was like well do you have a you know track guy producer writer with you that can and he's like no he's like you want to come so i did and me and Josh had had started that song, the verse chorus, um, together. And, you know, Brantley on the way had called me. I'm sitting in the parking lot waiting for the bus. And he's like, hey, um, I've never done a female duet. So if you have anything teed up, we can work on it. And uh, we, we knew it was special when we wrote it. It's just, you know, a lot of things with songs is timing. You just don't know when the right time is going to be and the right artist. So we wrote this song called New Money. On his last record, we thought it was really like the what they were looking for. Tempo rocking um, and Scott Borchetta was he he loved it. But he's like, I don't think that's the first single. So we ended up I ended up pulling up that verse chorus I had. We ended up going through it, changing stuff, Brantley doing his thing, making it him. And we, he was on tour with Wheeler Walker and Kid Rock. So we were up in like Saratoga Springs, New York, and uh, we ended up. um getting one of Kid Rock's background singers to come sing the female part and send it over to Scott and he flipped out and loved it. And they spent the next couple months figuring out, uh, you know, who was going to be on it. Lindsay L jumped on it. And uh, yeah, I guess about, you know, eight months later, it was, it was number one song.
0: That's so dope. Now uh, another one of my favorites is yours. It's homesick. And uh, I remember seeing Kane do that song on an early tour before it was even a single and it just standing out in the set kind of take me through uh, the writing process of that one as well. Man, that was one of those like, it was me and Matt McGinn
1: and Taylor Phillips and Kane on a bus run. Um, we wrote a bunch of songs that weekend. Nothing was really clicking, and then, uh, as you might know, like on Kane's knuckles, like he has the words homesick tattooed on. Yeah. Um, and so Taylor was like, he said, "Buddy, because they're best friends, he's like, if they're if if those words are tattooed in your hand, they kind of deserve a song." And uh, we started it late that night. This is the last night. Uh, it was pro- So that must've been like a Saturday um, and we kind of got it going, got the vibe and everything. And man, we ended up, it was one of those nights where we ended up getting back on the bus. Don't even get back and going till like two in the morning. And we literally finished, we're driving back to Nashville from wherever we are during this whole process. We probably left at like 10 or 11 that night on the bus. And uh, <laughs> we roll into, into Nashville and pull in like, everyone had just gone to sleep like 20 minutes before i'm like literally there packing up all my gear for and uh we uh <laughs> we literally get off the bus 15 minutes later and kane calls me um like i don't know 5 or 6 hours later he's like hey i want to put this on instagram um can you get the demo done and i was like out with my kids and i was like yep i'll just i'll go home and you'll have it tonight and he posted it and kind of the rest is history
0: that's so dope what is your relationship with Kane? Like, I mean, having like a few hits with him now, like uh, you feel like you're in like kind of his camp of guys that kind of he's like always looking for like songs now.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, he's he's one of the best, sweetest guys ever. I mean, he's been been so good to to me and, and a lot of people. And, um, you know, I'm, I've been extremely grateful for him and his friendship. And it's one of those things where, you know, he I mean, with artists, they have to try new things and be crazy and do their thing but he, I've been I've been very blessed for him to to be a good friend to me
0: now do you have a favorite song that you feel like you're most proud of that uh has been released I mean I I, I mean I think most songwriters
1: always love I mean we all love hit songs and the way they make we make us all feel and I'm a sucker for life songs so um the I'll say the craziest one to me is probably my Kenny Chesney song. Just because I never imagined having a hit with Kenny Chesney and being a yeah. part of that, something like that. But, you know, the 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 life songs I've had, I don't know, they kind of always mean the most. Homesick has a thing to it, which it just, it just feels so honest and real. It's hard to not love that song. But, you know, with, with Brantley Gilbert, um, we've had Hard Days, which was a COVID song that will always mean a lot to me because it was such a personal song for all of us writers that had gone through some really rough stuff with a, with our spouses and family. Um, I would say that
0: would probably be one of the other really special
1: ones. For sure.
0: Now I like to close my interviews by asking, what's a piece of advice you'd give to the aspiring uh, songwriters and musicians out there?
1: I think, uh, man, that's, that's such a a, a loaded question, and a long, a long question or answer. But uh, I think the main thing is, is to, you know, to enjoy the journey and to kind of find your crew and come up with them. You know, I never, if you're the best writer in the room, you probably need to, you know, try to find some different rooms and, and, sh- and mess it up, you know, mess it up, shake it up, whatever you want to say. And like, I don't know, just kind of like try to find your songs in the songs and don't try to be somebody else and, uh, and just always write what's real, you know? I think that's the biggest thing i i I see and i hear with songs is with up-and-coming writers is it feels like they're trying to write a song so it doesn't feel like anything and you know we write hundreds of songs a year and everybody only gets to hear a small amount of those but the main thing we're always chasing is a feeling we want to feel something which is what all the songs we love do no matter whether they're hit or not doesn't matter but a song has to
0: feel like a song well guys there you have it my conversation with rockberry hill Brock thank you again so much for coming on the show I had a great time talking with you everyone go follow him on Instagram at Brock and make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with Devin Adderd, drummer for Austin Snell. Check out Starting Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content from our interviews and also follow Starting Small Music on Instagram at Starting Small Music and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next